hello. Um, am I in the right spot? Is this Are You Okay? The podcast where we question my sanity and everyone else's sanity? Listen, <laughs> it's been too long again. I don't know how it just escapes me. Like, basically, the last two weeks of my life, I don't know if you can hear that. But I don't know why someone decided to drive a little moped when, first of all, it's in the middle of January. What are you doing? Second of all, I'm trying to record a podcast here. Go somewhere else. Oh, my God. Anyway, basically the last two weeks of my life, (laughs) the beginning of 2021, I kicked it off by um, visiting some really cool people. Um, Puka B Gaming, if you haven't checked him out on Switch, Puka B Gaming. Um, it's like my best friend at this point. Like, I'm not going to get emotional about it, but like, I love him. And I went to Florida, visited him. We went to Disney. It was an amazing time. I was also there with. Sergey and me shark and I just loved it. My plan was um cough cough because now I'm gonna shade you guys because although I love you I'm like what the fuck but we were supposed to record an episode of my podcast that didn't happen so that's why last week there was just no episode. And then I feel like there was another week in between that. And then I was just like, I'm not really feeling it. Like I got to get back in the groove of now being home on vacation, home from vacation. But now I'm back. And um, there's just, I just miss doing this. And I wanted to come back with a bang. So I picked the story. Once again, I didn't read it but I read the title and you know anything serial killer I'm for it speaking of serial killer Netflix has um the Night Stalker documentary I guess about Richard Ramirez if you haven't already heard the very first episode of my podcast I think or the second one called um tell Richard the devil is a lie um it's all about Richard Ramirez and If you haven't listened to it, then you would know that he was the serial killer who got me into um, true crime and serial killers in general. Like, as scary as it would have been to wake up and see him, I just love, I just love his story. And I love that the citizens of California were the ones who captured him and not the police. But if you want to know that, you got to listen to that episode. But I'm going to read a story. This story is called, I met a potential serial killer in his home for work. Um, This is a long one. Bear with me. Two years ago, I was working for a company as a person who measures houses. Most people haven't heard of it. It's where you essentially have an iPad and you go to people's homes and draw up floor plans and measure rooms for carpet slash hardwood flooring projects. Anyone can request one. I was 25 female at the time, one of the few females that worked this position. I was actually really good at the job, so they gave me a lot of work, and I usually hit between 10 to 14 houses a day, driving all over multiple towns. 
This house was my last house of the day in the middle of nowhere, and I was exhausted. When I got there, I was incredibly annoyed because the customer wasn't home and was late for his appointment. Ten minutes later, he pulls up to my car. Side note, I hate waiting on people. Like, that, if someone had to ask me what was my biggest pet peeve, that's my biggest pet peeve. Like, I hate being at a destination and waiting for somebody else to come. Like, it's just, it's just annoying. He was a middle-aged man, balding, wearing a normal office job attire with a tie and everything. He seemed a bit awkward, but was apologetic and let me into his home. Upon entering, the house was unbelievably spotless and organized, minimal furniture, and smelled like cleaning supplies. It didn't strike me as odd at first. He had two cats lounging in the um, living room. He first started acting weird as I directed... Wait, he first started acting weird as I was directed to the first bedroom. He mentioned, wow, my cats love you. They don't take to strangers like this usually. But his cats literally didn't move or come near me the whole time. I just nodded and smiled while I got to work scaling out the master bedroom on my iPad. He started inquiring about the electronics I was using. Do they keep track of where you are on that thing? Immediate red flag. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. So maybe maybe this year is about to be a good year because, I mean, it, it's kind of already started rough. But so far, we are getting people who are able to identify the red flag. So yes, why are you concerned about if my job is being able to keep track of me, sir? Yes, and my boss knows how long each job should take. So based on the scope of work, it's incredible technology. I lied without missing a beat. He agreed it was amazing. And good for you for knowing how to lie. Some There are situations where you need to know how to lie. Obviously, like in a friendship, relationship and stuff, you shouldn't really be lying. But you need to practice lying to strangers. <laughs> be careful. Don't touch the gun on the nightstand. It might go off, he chuckled. Talk about immediate, immediate. Yeah, that's the word. What is wrong with me? (laughs) Immediate spine chill. I looked up from my iPad and sure enough, there was a handgun on the nightstand. I knew instantly that I needed to behave like nothing was happening, um, was triggering alarms for me. Nothing that was happening was triggering alarms for me. I, I can't read apparently. He directed me to come to the second bedroom, and he said the exact same thing, warning me of a gun on the nightstand that indeed was there. This was the moment that I knew I was in danger. At first, I thought it was just my anxiety around guns, but at this point, the tension building between us was undeniable. There were only two bedrooms on the scope of work. I hastily met up with him in the kitchen and began running down the next steps, but he interrupted me. Could you measure the basement stairs? I forgot to add them to the list, and I think I might want to carpet them in the future. My heart dropped, but my stupid customer service conditioned brain could not figure out how to get away with saying no. He led me to the basement door, and you guys, there is no way he was planning on doing anything with these stairs. They are wooden plank stairs, L-shaped, going down, leading to an unfinished basement. Unfortunately, in order to get an accurate measure, I had to walk all the way down them to the basement. Meanwhile, he stood blocking the doorway with a smile on his face, mentioning again about whether or not my boss knew where I was, to which I shortly replied, yes. 
Once I got to the basement, I scanned the room quickly. There was not one, but seven deep freezers lighting the walls. In the middle of the room was a low-lit hanging ceiling light, revealing an old television set, VHS tapes scattered on the floor, and an old recliner facing the TV. Behind the set, two white shelves full of VHS tapes. Bitch, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, okay, here's my thing. Did he know? So I'm wondering when he put in this request for you to measure his rooms, did he know it was going to be you? Like, did he know it was going to be a female? Because I feel like how I'm just I'm just wondering how do serial killers like really pick who they're going to kill? Because. This seems like it just would have been a random person. Like, if this was a man, would you be on the same weirdness? Or is it because it's a girl and she's by herself that you're now wondering if people are going to know where she is? Which it's like, I mean, eventually, hopefully, someone will put the pieces together that this is my last destination. But I guess at the same time, by the time they put those pieces together, it's like, too late um in this moment I knew one of two things is going to happen he was either going to let me go or he was going to push me down the fucking stairs I held my breath put a smile on my face in an attempt to act my way out of the situation and began to climb the stairs all I could hear was my heartbeat in my ears he was still blocking the door no smile this time as I got about to the fifth step from the top, I felt him hesitate, which made me hesitate as well. You could cut the tension with a knife, and I finally understood that expression to my absolute shock and relief. After four seconds, he stopped. He stepped aside. I made a beeline towards the front door, not saying a word when he stopped me again, saying, Oh, before you go, won't you give my cats a treat? They loved you so much. He was holding a bag of cat treats. I quickly gave his cats a treat, thanked him, and practically ran out of the house and definitely ran to my car. The second I got out of my out of his driveway, I had the most intense panic attack and cried. I tried to call my boss, but I was in the dead zone. The truth of the matter is that my boss would not have noticed if I was missing for at least 24 hours when I didn't route my day the next work day. Yes, he would have eventually been caught as it was my last known location, okay? That's what I thought. But I would have been long dead, which is also what I thought. Like, it, he would have been caught, but it just would have been too late. You know what I mean? I suffered PTSD over this experience. I couldn't sleep for a week. I was petrified to work my job, but had no choice. This day still haunts me. The worst part, I was so fucked up, jumbled, and in denial over the experience. I forgot to write down his address. Edit. Okay, so I thought this was a sub for true accounts. I'm not sure why a lot of people are doubting the story. Here are some additional facts about that day to answer the most common questions. I'm getting tired of repeating answering in the comments. Once I finally did get a hold of my boss, she mostly laughed off the situation as him being some weirdo. Nonetheless, she did tell me she would flag him so that I specifically would not be resent out to his house if there was a need for a remeasure. At the time, I felt that was all there was to be done, so I didn't write down the address before it disappeared on my iPad because I felt I didn't need to slash did not really think to. A couple of months later, I did try to find the information because I started feeling like maybe I should inform the police, but no matter who I called, since I was not sure the exact day, I could not get the info. Additionally, I was working 40 hours a week hitting 
um, 10 to 14 houses a day. No way could I look in my waste history to find the address after a couple months. For what it's worth, I once I was out of the dead zone, I also called my boyfriend and immediately went to his house for comfort. He witnessed the immediate aftermath. All my friends have known this experience and I was encouraged to write it here after a recent conversation about it. Thanks for reading and thank you to everyone with the kind words of encouragement. I wish I could respond to all of you. What? Excuse me? So the first comment, you know what? I'm sick and tired of the fakery because the first comment is, it has come to my attention that OP story has been stolen and narrated. Oh, this, the story I read is true, but I guess if you hear this same story on TikTok, it's stolen. OP story is her story and you cannot take it and narrate it elsewhere without their express permit, about their permission, whatever. Um, so basically this story is real, but um, I guess if you go to a TikTok, there's this story and a bunch of other ones from this um thread that I look at that's also been stolen so mm. but that is scary my thing is this I feel like even though the job can probably get done with only one person I feel like because it's a job where you're going into people's homes, people's that people's homes that you don't know. There should be two people going to every like location. You know what I mean? Like especially if it's a job where you have to I don't know, where you have to be alone with whoever is home. Like you know what I'm trying to say? Like the homeowner has to be there and you're there, but it's just y'all too. Most situations, that's probably okay because if you're looking to get your floors redone, then that's the one thing. But I feel like I feel like this after the situation, there should be a new policy at that job where two people have to go on the run. And I mean, especially since he was flagged, I feel like if he was flagged, then. Maybe not on every run two people should go, but like, okay, we flagged this customer. So once you're flagged, two people automatically have to start coming to your house. You know what I mean? That kind of thing would um, hopefully eliminate some of that weird stuff. But um, I might have time for another story, but I wanted to read something else because reading that story got me interested in knowing about people who have actually had run-ins with a serial killer. Um, Obviously, I've read, um, I've actually watched a YouTube video, which um, is by Soft White Underbelly. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but Soft White Underbelly is basically a guy who interviews a bunch of people, people who are on crack, heroin, meth, people who are prostitutes, people who are rapists, people who um, are pimps, people who live in Appalachian. So if you don't know about that, it's basically people who are inbred. So he interviews a lot of people, basically, is what I'm trying to say. 
And I remember watching a video of his where he interviewed this prostitute and she basically talked about how she had a run in with a serial killer, but she had survived. Um, I don't remember the serial killer's name. It, it's not it's not one of the big ones. Right. But it was still a serial killer. And it was one of those serial killers who knows how to pick their victims, basically meaning he preyed on sex workers, which I just don't understand why society still has this view about sex workers that I guess they want to quote unquote say it's in the line of duty that something bad can happen to them. And so when something bad does happen to them, it's like not taken as serious as it would when we have people like Ted Bundy killing college students, like regardless People are dying. But anyway, she talks about her running with that serial killer. I can't remember his name um, because they're, the sad fact is there are a lot of serial killers who target prostitutes um, or sex workers, whatever. And basically, she was talking about how she got in the car with him and immediately knew it was not a good... Like, she immediately started to feel like a bad feeling and then basically he tied her up and like beat her some I forgot how she said how she escaped but she escaped which anyway like I was saying made me think about there has to be other people who have had run-ins with serial killers maybe not that violent but maybe just like oh I was at the library and when I looked up Ted Bundy was reading a book or like oh I went to a bar and over there was Jeffrey Dahmer or some shit like that. Or it's like, I was at the grocery store and what do you know? John Wayne Gacy is there. So I wanted to read some people's stories. They're really short about how they encountered or had run into serial killers. So this one says it wasn't them, but it was their dad. When their dad was between 18 and 20, he was hitchhiking. He was, keep in mind, this was the late 70s and their dad was a weightlifter. So he didn't view hitchhiking as dangerous. Some overweight guy stops his car and offers my dad a lift. He gets in without a thought. The driver locks the doors, which my dad thought was weird. He didn't say anything. Then the driver started saying, doing some things that made my dad uncomfortable. He started pulling the doors, trying to get to open them. The driver kept driving. In desperation, my dad grabs the driver by the collar and demands to be let out. And luckily, the driver unlocks the door and my dad jumps out. Luckily, my dad's ex-girlfriend was driving by and she takes him to wherever he was going. My dad tries to forget the incident. A while later, he's watching the news and his heart drops to his stomach. He sees the creepy driver that has been arrested. It was John Wayne Gacy, which to me is a sign that I really need to talk about John Wayne Gacy. I want to so bad, but his story is long. Like his story is long, meaning like there's so many little details that you just need to know. Like, oh, I want to do his story so bad. Maybe the next episode I will. And like, I'm not bullshit. And like maybe the next episode I really will because he has a good story. And I was trying to make it like I was trying to do his story on a day that would make sense. Like, what was the day he went to jail or what was the day he died? But um, 
I feel like those are too far away from now. Let me see. When did John Wayne Gacy die? So he died in June, which I don't want to wait that long. So when did John Wayne Gacy um, get convicted? And then maybe we can see. So John Wayne, he was born in March. He, oh, wait. He, excuse me. How many John Wayne Gacy's are there? Maybe it's just John Wayne. I just want to know when he went to jail. Oh, so December 22nd. Well, God dang, I missed my window. No. Anyway, I don't care. I'm still going to do it next. (laughs) I'm still going to do it the next um, episode because his story is really good. Um, Maybe I'm just going to end this episode early. I don't really have much to say and I don't really want to read another a story because I'm not going to be able to read a story in 10 minutes. I don't think so. Unless it's like super, super, super short. Let me, maybe, let me see. Let me see this one. Okay. Maybe. So this one is called roommate's cousin. Let's never meet again. I don't know how long he was in my bed or why he was there. All I know is that he woke me up with a kiss, which I promptly wiped off with my hand. I was fully clothed, which hinted to me nothing had happened, but the buttons on my pants were undone. Okay. This, this, they kind of just got right into it. This is weird. And also warning, because I feel like it's about to get um graphic. I don't know if they were undone the whole time or if he undid them. Under the sheets, I could see that my shirt was pushed up. So he can put his hands on my waist and hold me close to him. I moved his hands off and he went back to sleep. I sat up in shock and caught a glimpse of his face. I asked him, what are you doing? And he yawned and said, resting. I brought out my hands and tightened them into fists. I was ready to defend myself. And at that moment, he said, okay, I'll leave and walked out of my room. I was so overcome with horror that I pushed my dresser up to my doors and make sure he couldn't come back in. I immediately took a shower and was relieved that nothing worse had happened to me, to my knowledge. After all, I've gone to bed at 11, and when I found him in my bed was at 5 a.m. I had a weird dream that night, too. In that dream, I lived in a zoo, and the zookeeper was deliberately letting out every animal so that they could roam free. One of those animals was a tiger, and when it saw me, it immediately started trying to eat me, so I fought back. I was wrestling it. Then I lost, and as the tiger had me pinned down, it started licking me, and that was when I woke up to him kissing me. Ew. In my drunken stupor, I was fighting him. Edit. Thank you for trying to help me, but this happened last summer. There's not much I can... Last September. There's not much I can do about it now. I felt compelled to post it because I had a nightmare about that last night. And even though it happened so long ago, I'm still scared he might be out there. I just don't want, I don't want justice at this point, just someone to listen. Why did I think I was assaulted? I'm too ugly and fat to be assaulted. I'm just seeking attention. What? Excuse me? First of all, nobody's too fat or too ugly or too anything because all of those are objective things. Like, you can look like whatever and still be assaulted because I just want to let y'all know when people assault other people, it's not because of some sexual attraction. It's just some power thing. It's basically because, okay, speaking about, all I know is about serial killers. So I'm going to assume that if this is a serial killer logic, this is anyone's 
logic he's gonna do some vile shit like that their logic really is nothing about the way you look even though sometimes you do see that they have a um targeted victim like when they kind of look the same but I think most of the time what happens is they already during puberty developed these like violent sexual fantasies. So it really doesn't have anything to do with how you look. It just really comes down to them living out their violent sexual fantasies and they're going to do it regardless of who you are. Yeah, like I said, some of them may target blondes or brunettes but some of them may target you know us thickum girls so regardless of what you look like you need to be careful and whoever this weirdo was getting in bed with you um i think you did a good you did a good thing by putting a dresser or something in front of that door so he couldn't come in there and i hope um since you said it was your roommate i hope you told your roommate what the fuck happened even though they probably the reason why you probably wrote that last line was because they were bullshitting and said some fucked up stuff to you about they would never do that to you because of the way you look but fuck them you experience what you experience and I don't know why I'm talking like this person is ever going to listen to my podcast but in case you do there you go girl I never do what you look like it's just if they're a weirdo they're going to be a weirdo regardless but like I said, next week, um, I'm going to do John Wayne. John Wayne might be a two-parter because, like I said, he has a long story. So I might do the first part up until he starts killing people. And then the second part might be his whole run of killing people because, like, you'll hear it next week. But he went to jail before he actually started killing people, which I saw this. I'm going to leave it on this note. I saw this somewhat motivating meme. It doesn't have to apply to being a serial killer. But if you are in your 20s and you feel like you don't have it together, note that most serial killers don't start killing people until their 30s. So um, basically, you don't have to shine until you don't have to shine in your 20s. Most of your greatest accomplishments might happen later on in life. And on that note, I will talk to you next week and you'll hear from me next week. Bye.